All right, we're going to be in Luke chapter 4 this morning. We're going to take all of our points out of, out of Luke there. And if you've got your Bible and you want to follow along, go ahead and be turning over there. Several years ago, Lisa and I visited a church. We happened to be outside of, of the city, uh, and we had heard about a church. It had been recommended to us, and we went and we visited that city, I mean that church. And as we're pulling up, they had a lot of different buildings, but all the buildings looked absolutely alike. There was absolutely no signage saying, hey, we're having church over here. We, we were really confused. We were kind of lost, but we just stopped and we watched where everybody was going, so we just went that way. No, you know, they could have been going anywhere, but we were going to follow them in. So we walked through the, the front doors, and uh, there was nobody there to open the doors for us. There was nobody there to greet us. Nobody said hello. Nobody said anything to us at all. We walked in. This was an older building, so uh, there's halls going all over the place. We had no clue where the sanctuary was. So we just wandered around till we found the sanctuary, and we went in and we sat down. Once again, nobody said hello to us. Nobody uh, greeted us. Just nobody talked to us at all all. We got into the service, and you know there's always that time that uh, after the the end of worship, they say, turn around and greet your neighbor. We just did it here a minute ago. And they said, hey, turn around and and greet your neighbor. And nobody greeted us. Nobody (laughs) spoke to us. I'm going, you know, looking, trying to figure out if something's wrong. There was a guy right in front of me. He looks to his left. He looks to his right. Then he looks over his shoulder and looks at me and turns back around, looks to his left, looks to his right, and then finally turns all the way around and says, well, I, I guess I'll greet you. <laughs> there was no time in the service did they, they greet guests, did they say thank you for being here. And I left that church feeling like I was unwanted. They, did, they were not interested in, in, in who was visiting their church. I just felt absolutely unwanted. Now, we're finishing up our, our lesson series called Jesus Light. Is half really good enough? We've been talking over the last several weeks that, that uh, half the peace is not good enough, half the joy is not good enough. And what we want from Jesus is everything he wants to give us, right? We don't want half of it. We don't have the flavor. We want all of Jesus. And my message this morning is called friend or fraud. Friend or fraud. We've been going through our core values. And this morning, we're going to talk about being inclusive of others. We've said around here for years that we welcome everyone no matter what their story is. No matter what their story is. Now tell me if this sounds familiar to you. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to be free. Anybody know what that's from? The Statue of Liberty. But you know that really should be the, the, the passionate cry of any church that really represents Jesus Christ. We sh- it shouldn't just be an inscription on a statue. It should be the heart of those that serve Jesus. The beginning of the Christian church was not one of power and wealth. You know, the, all, all the cool kids did not run to, to be Christians right away. 
The first draw of the Christian church was the orphans, the widows, the outcasts, the sick, the overlooked. Orphanages, hospitals, public education, all of that came from the church. So I want to look this morning at just a few things. If we're going to call ourselves a church of Jesus Christ, what did Jesus say it should look like? What did Jesus say when he said that that I'm here to do this? What did he say he came to do? And if we're followers of Jesus, we should be doing what Jesus does, right? Right? Okay, just making sure. Okay. So you found Luke, Luke chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 17. And this is, this is happening right after Jesus has been baptized. And then the, the, the Spirit of God led him out into the wilderness to fast for 40 days. And he was tempted of the devil for 40 days. And now he's come back to his hometown and he is saying, now's the time for my ministry to start. And he's going to show everybody what the ministry that Jesus came to do will look like. And it says in verse 17, the scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. And he unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. Now what Jesus is about to read to them is a messianic prophecy. It's, they all knew the moment that he starts reading this, they know what he's reading. They know that this is a prophecy about the coming Messiah, okay? Verse 18 says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. In other words, this is why I'm here. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Going on in verse 18, it says, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. So I don't, what I want to look at, I just want to show you just a few things here. When Jesus said, hey, I'm here, I'm anointed by God, and this is what God has sent me to do. He, he is saying, I'm the Messiah by reading this scripture, and this is what the Lord has sent me to do. And the first thing he says is that he is anointed to bring good news to the poor. So the first thing we need to see is that Jesus includes the poor. Now, this is more than, than just being poor at the bank. The Greek word here is, is tohas, and listen to what this, this means. Thoroughly frightened. To cower or hide oneself. One who slinks and crouches, roving about in wretchedness. Now, we, we may sometimes say, you know, you know, I'm just poor this week or I'm poor this month. But have you been slinking around in wretchedness? Have you been cowering? Have you, have you, have you been uh, thoroughly frightened? This is the poor that Jesus is talking about. See, in, in our American society, sometimes we can't even fathom some of these things because we don't understand the depth of the poverty that people live in. And when Jesus said that he's come for the poor, he is talking about the poor, the poorest of the poor, and not, not just even uh, uh, financially poor, but he's talking about those poor in their spirit. 
The word uh, tohas here that we're, that we're taking, poor, in Greek society and Roman societies, these were people that were looked down on. The tohas, the, the people who, who were in tohas were completely ignored, outcast, and overlooked, and nobody ever gave them the time of day until Jesus. Sin brings spiritual poverty. But the good news is you don't have to be poor anymore. Life situations can bring natural poverty. But the good news is there is no place in the Bible. will not you listen to me? There is no place in the Bible where poverty is ever represented as a blessing from God. Now, I'm not looking, you know, to fall into one of these things where, you know, you got to have five houses and ten cars, and that means God has blessed you. That's not what I'm talking about. There is no place in the Bible that ever tells us that poverty is a blessing from God. When he said that he came for the poor, he came for the poor. The goal of Jesus' followers should be the eradication of poverty, spiritual and natural, Because Jesus is a friend of the poor. Do you believe that? In 1 John 3.17, it says, If anyone has the world's goods, if anyone has the world's goods, if you've got some stuff, and you see your brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, How does God's love abide in him? That's kind of rough, isn't it? But this one, he's talking about that he's coming for the poor and that the church of Jesus Christ should be like Jesus. He's saying, if you got it, and you see someone who doesn't, It is our responsibility. It is our responsibility. How can we be inclusive to the poor? One of my favorite stories from New Covenant, being a part of New Covenant, one of the greatest things that that I have seen was a few years ago, we were doing a single mom's outreach. And the ladies would come in. These were ladies that we, we had gotten their names from, from several different ministries and several different places. These, these were ladies in need. And they came in, and they would leave their car in the parking lot, and, and they would take their kids. Their kids were entertained for a little while, and the, the, the ladies, they... You know, they had some coffee and some dessert and, and some things going on. And as we say in, 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 in Christianese, they got loved on. And while the guys were out in the parking lot, and we would take their cars, we would clean them out. We would uh, get the oil changed. We washed them. We were just doing something to bless these single moms. Well, as, as we were doing this, someone noticed that, that one of the cars, the tires were just absolutely bald. Absolutely bald. 
Yet in the back seat of this car was two car seats. This lady had come with, with two children, and she is driving on, on tires that were beyond dangerous. And one of the men saw it, and he mentioned it to somebody, and, and they came to me, and they said, we should do something about this. And the other men heard about it, and everybody started pulling out their wallets and, and, and pulling out money. And they're just putting money in my hand. And within about 15 minutes, we had enough money that we went and we bought that lady four brand new tires. She didn't expect that when she came. And in fact, when, when we told her what we had done, she burst into tears. And she was saying, I'd been saving up trying to buy one. But when you're concerned about the poor, their need becomes our need. Because that's the church of Jesus Christ. We take on people's needs. And Jesus said he was anointed to bring good news. You know that's not just talk, right? Jesus isn't just saying, I love you. I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you. I love all y'all, because Jesus was from the South, right? (laughs) The good news to the poor is Jesus wants to get involved. And Jesus got involved in that lady's life through people that love Jesus. So that's who we're supposed to be. Going on in verse 18. It says, he sent me to proclaim that captives will be released. So here's the second thing I want you to see. Jesus includes the POWs. See, the literal meaning of the word captive means to be captured by the spear. We would call that prisoners of war. What war? The spiritual war that rages around us. You know, evil captures and puts people in bondage, addictions, emotional distress. But this church, and I'm talking about NCC, this church is built upon the belief that you come to Jesus as you are. Mess and all. No matter what your story is. That's not just a cute catchphrase we came up with. No matter what your story is, you are welcomed here. And as you get here, we want to help Jesus help you. Because a lot of us know what it feels like to be on the other side. Matthew 10, verse 7 says, Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure, the, cure those with leprosy, cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. Now some of us have been sick physically and we've been sick spiritually, but we've received healing. So we should give as much as we've gotten. As freely as it was given to us, we give it back. 
Some of us know we've been raised from the dead spiritually. You may be sitting out here and you've been raised from the dead naturally. I don't know. But I know I've been raised from the dead spiritually. And it was free. And I want to give freely. You want to serve some of those that the world overlooks? About four times a week, there's an AA group that meets up here at the church. I'm pretty sure they'll let you come serve coffee, shake a hand, just say thank you for being in New Covenant Church. A little over a year ago, I got the, I got the honor of sitting through one of their meetings. And I'm going to tell you, it was better than most churches I've ever been in. You know why? Because there was no pretense. There was no uh, putting on a face. They were like, I've had a really bad week. I am struggling really, really hard. I need some help. And you know what they did not do? What a lot of church people do. Oh, don't let your sin cooties get on me. They surrounded them. They worked for them. But you know what? It was a place where they were free to say, I've got a need. Are we free enough to say, I've got a need? See, sometimes we come to church and, and somebody says, well, how you doing? Well, bless God, brother. I'm just blessed. I'm blessed going in and I'm blessed going out. I'm just blessed, blessed, blessed. Knowing good and well that, they're, that, that they're, they're torn up and crushed on the inside. But they're afraid to allow somebody to see what's really going on in their life because they're afraid of being judged. Jesus came for the prisoners of war. Also in verse 18 it says that the blind will see. Jesus includes those that see differently. You see, the social climate of this country right now is if you don't see it exactly like I see it, I will cancel you, I will ostracize you, I'll hate you because you have a difference of opinion. I'll hate you. Now, we will say, no, I don't really hate them. Yeah, you do. I've seen your Facebook posts. See, in 1 John 2, it says, but anyone who hates a fellow believer is still living and walking in darkness. Such a person does not know the way to go, having been blinded by the darkness. So what did Jesus come to do? He's anointed by the Holy Spirit to open up our eyes, right? He said the blind will see. And we need to see sometimes. We need to understand at times. I know that the political climate in our country is amped up higher than most of us have ever seen it. But not everybody agrees with your point of view. Not even in the church. You know, that's okay. Well, doesn't it say somewhere in the Bible that we got to agree on everything? Look, see, outside here, 
the situations in our lives, the things that we have gone through, they tell us what we believe. I happen to know that there are people in this church that vote Republican, believe it or not. But you know what? There's some that vote Democrat. I know there's some people, because I've seen their Facebook, that they're libertarian. I don't know. There might be a socialist in here, but you know what? When we come through those doors, we're the body of Christ. And we're not going to allow those type of things to, to just bind us. We need to see. Sometimes we, we just need to have a difference of perspective. I personally, I personally have never had a problem with a police officer. Never. I've been pulled over many times in my life. When I was a teenager, I was pulled over with things that uh, shouldn't have had in my car. I still didn't have any problems with a police officer. Yet I happen to know, and I'm, I didn't ask if I could share this, but I'm going to do it anyway. I know Pastor Roger over here was pulled over one time, not because he was speeding, not because of any traffic violations at all. He was simply pulled over because he's a black man and he had white females in the car with him. So when we say those things don't happen, they do happen. They do happen. So sometimes we just need a change of perspective. We need to be able to see from the other side what people are, are saying. Because they're, you know, we're talking about in the body of Christ. I don't believe people just make up stories to make up stories. But there may have been a hurt that has happened that, that would skew the way that we see something. So instead of just saying, I don't believe that, why don't we say, why are they saying that? Because we need to see differently. It can be race. It can be background. It can be language. I'm going to pick here for a minute. <laughs> I was told that uh, there, there's a, uh, a pastor in this very town of Tyler, Texas, who recently stood in his pulpit and said, if you live in America, you better be speaking English. Jason, come up here real quick. This is Jason Caceres, somebody I love a whole lot. He's a great man, very involved in our, our discipleship, getting married. That's right. Jason is from a Latin background, and but he's always spoken English, right? No. You do speak English, right? Sí. Okay. Tu hablas inglés. So... Obviously, you know, uh, you're an immigrant to our country, so we can overlook that, that, um, that you didn't speak English first, right? No. No? Where were you born? USA. In the United States of America? You were born in the United States of America, yet English was not your first language. Correct. Well, we can probably overlook that because Jason's mom 
was an immigrant, and you know, it just took a while for him to catch on, right? No, señor. No. You mean your mom was born in America too? See, so Jason here is a third generation American, American, it's on his birth certificate, right? On his passport, American, third generation American, but his first language was not English. Wow. I'm glad you learned English so we wouldn't have this problem. Thank you. So here's the rest of the story. Jason is engaged to a young lady who also English was not her first language. But she's also never been in a church that didn't operate in Spanish. And she's going to be moving down here and being with us. Are we inclusive? Are we inclusive to somebody that that doesn't speak our language as well as we do? I speak very good English, thank you. I speak American, bless God. Do do you see how these subtle little things that we say and believe sometimes, how hurtful it is to unity in the body of Christ? So if we sang a chorus in Spanish, would you be upset because we're saying that we love the Spanish community? See, in Mark eleven seventeen, it says, is it not written? This is Jesus speaking. Is it not written, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations? That word nations there is ethnos. It's where we get the word ethnicity from. His house should be a prayer for all ethnicities. But what did Jesus say? But you have made it a den of robbers. Are we robbing God of the beauty and the power of a multi-ethnic church because our eyes just haven't been opened yet? Well, Jesus came to open our eyes. And we say, Lord, open our eyes to see the beauty of a house of prayer that's dedicated to all ethnicities. Is this okay? Back to Luke 4. Going on in, in verse 18, it says that the oppressed shall be set free. Jesus includes the crushed. The word oppressed here, the Greek word means to break into pieces, to shatter, to bruise, to crush. Now, this is a place where we can probably all come into unity because somewhere, sometime along the way, we've experienced some crushing in this life, whether it be by relationships or false expectations or even by religion. Anybody been crushed by religion? But the good news is he came that the oppressed would be set free. In verse 19, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Now, Jesus is referencing the Old Testament year of Jubilee. At the year of Jubilee, every 50 years, all debts were canceled. 
All slaves were set free. If you had sold a piece of ancestral property, it would be returned to you. Everything had a fresh start every 50 years. But Jesus didn't come for a 50-year jubilee. He came for an, for an eternal, everlasting jubilee. Verse 20 says, he rolled up the scroll. He handed it back to the attendant and he sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them. The scripture you have just heard has been fulfilled this very day. So if it was fulfilled on that day, what does that mean for this day? Still fulfilled, right? The people that Jesus came for, that he was anointed to minister to, is still those that he is anointed to minister to. It's still those that he has come for. It's still those that he says that if we're going to be his representatives, we have to have a heart for these people. So let me ask you a question. Are you spiritually poor? Jubilee is here. Have you been a spiritual POW? Jubilee is here. Do you need your spiritual eyes opened? Jubilee is here. Has life left you feeling crushed? Jubilee is here. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. It's not scripture, but it sounds a lot like scripture, doesn't it? This is a cry of NCC. No matter what your story is. We will include you. We will fight for you. We will walk to hell and back if necessary. Because we're determined to be friends and not frauds. If we're truly friends of Jesus, if we're truly Christ followers, then we need to be like Jesus, don't we? We need to include those that Jesus Included. I know the calling of this house is to be a house of prayer for all nations, for all ethnicities. We just need our eyes open some, don't we? Lord, help me see. Help me understand. Help me see what my brother's going through, my sister's going through. It's not my experience. I don't quite understand it. But I tell you one thing, that we refuse to allow an ungodly society to dictate how we, the church of Jesus Christ, handles these situations. I believe the power of God is here this morning to set us free.
to destroy the yoke of bondage, of sin, of whatever it is we may be going through. Let's just reach out for God this morning. Is that okay? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you this morning? What is it that you need from the Father today? What's it gonna take for you to say, I met with God? I met with God. Something I said may have, may have sparked something in you. Let's deal with that. You may be sitting here this morning and you're so overwhelmed with the situations of life you didn't listen to a thing I said. You know what, that's okay. Because we didn't ask you to come here and listen to a preacher. We asked you to come here and connect with God. And the presence of the Holy Spirit is here to break the yoke of bondage. What's going on in your life? What do you need God to do for you this morning? Because he won't send you away empty, I promise. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your kindness. I thank you that you sent Jesus and Jesus came to set us free. Jesus came to release us from spiritual poverty. He's come to, to set us free from the places that we've been captive. Jesus, you came so that we could see differently and understand differently and engage with people differently. And you came when we're absolutely crushed. Lord, we need you this morning. We don't just need music. We don't need just talk. We need you. We need you.